Hub and Spoke. Audio Collective. This is Rumble Strip. I'm Erica Heilman. You got to learn things about burning wood. That is cedar. Don't weigh nothing. That's two years old. That's how much it changes each time it dries. And then this is ash, and that's bone dry. You've got the only dry wood in this part know. of Vermont. But it's thinking ahead. And I, everybody knows every year that you want a little bit of dry wood. Somebody will come along, and they, that right there, they'll give a $20 bill for Friday night or Saturday night when there ain't nobody going to be open till Monday, and then they go up Monday and find out there ain't no wood anyway. <laughs> yeah. That guy that just gave me that, he just gave me $500. He's a bartender at Stowe and a goddamn good chef. And he's paid me, well, his father paid me. He's probably paid me 25 years, and he's up the road a half a mile. That ain't hard to figure out. You've got a good wood customer. That's Forrest Foster, a couple days before deer season. He was loading up the tractor with kindling for the deer camp. Forrest is a self-described independent dairyman, and I made a story about him last year, but ever since I made a story about him, I've been going over there once or twice a week to help him with his night milking. I like being around him. I learn a lot when I'm with him in a weird kind of cumulative way. For instance, last week when I was over there, he taught me that the when you plant your garlic, you should plant it with the long rounded part facing north and the kind of flat part facing south. Who knew? I did not know this. I haven't tested it, but I'm going to. Anyway, a few weeks ago, I took my recorder over there. It was two days before rifle season, and it was around three hours before milking. So we spent the whole afternoon and evening together, and I recorded a lot. And this is a little bit of what we talked about. Welcome. So what are we doing? Going down to the deer camp with some kindling wood. This will be where I can go down at five o'clock in the morning, put a little bit of cedar kindling, a little bit of dry maple, and some ash, and the wood, it'll stay going all day long. Somebody will keep going by, and everybody that goes by will lay a stick on, and so long as it ain't too much, it'll be fine. For the hunters? Well, hunters, we have a four-month-old baby and a mother that just wants a good, warm, dry place to sit and wait for a husband to come by, and. She can nurse him. What have you heard from people locally about the season this year? A lot of bucks. Everybody seems to be seeing a lot of bucks. Have you seen any bucks here on your land? Oh, yeah. Yesterday afternoon, eight points, four does with him, right by the camp. You're kidding. Oh, no. <laughs> Are you going to try for him this year or no? I'm going to take a gun down. I can just sit in the camp. And if something walks out in the field that's got enough horns and looks good size, and then I feel like butchering it, I'll shoot it and butcher it. And if I don't, I'll just watch it and let it go. I ain't crazy about it. Who's who's your best milker in here? Oh, tonight will probably be that big fresh heifer. Seelig, the new cow that just freshened. She's going to give the most milk of the evening. Yeah, pretty. Brindle. I, I think I've got 11 red ones with the black stripes in them, the brindle cows. Yeah. They got asher in them, and they got good grazing things in there. 
a little bit nerve, you slap her ass, you know, make her move, and she'll jump. And some of them, you slap them three times, they won't hardly even budge. But they're a little high strung and give milk. It's two days before deer season. We're at hunting camp, almost the geological center of the town of Hardwick in Vermont. And it's a Northeast Kingdom is what it's called for area. And participating in two weeks of rifle season between chores and just enjoying the warm weather. So. Do you get excited? You're not a big hunter. I did, a long time. I got a 10.1, pounds, I think, it's the biggest deer shot on my 18th birthday. Yep. And that was on the home farm over, you know where I was raised. Across the valley. Yep, yep. And done most of my learning about hunting and butchering and everything over there with people that butchered for home butchering and we done older people's butchering that couldn't do it and knew how to, but they just didn't have the salmon to go ahead and do it anymore. And Herb Gomes was a older generation and knew how to do things and his legs, had, his knees had give out on him and he could come and sit and tell me what to do and he'd go out and take a crayon and put a marker in the middle of the animal's head where he wanted me to put the bullet and that's how I learned where to shoot animals to put them to sleep. Before we got so many laws, we could shoot what we needed to eat. We had six hanging in the cellar for winter use. Yep. And then we didn't cut and wrap meat. We just hung them up and scun them and go with a knife and a saw, a meat hand meat saw, and cut off a piece. And Mom said, what's going to be next? And I said, rib roast or loin roast or, you know, just keep using the deer up as you went. And then you'd get up to the top and they'd be the hindquarters. Uh, the nice steaks, and that would be two weeks old or two weeks and a half old, and just amazing food. Yep. If you have six deer hanging up, what do you mean it's two weeks old? You're going to be eating that all winter, right? Oh, no. We'd use up six deers in six weeks. How? Twelve of us and Dad and Mom. Oh, oh, yeah. that's, a lot. that's like deer for breakfast, are, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. A lot of time we had three or four meals of venison a day because that's what we had. And the bones, Mom put in a kettle with potatoes and onions and carrots and made venison stew. So you got the broth from a marrow and the thing, and it, all of it was good. It was good food. What is your relationship to the animals that live on this, this on your land? I'm like a guardian to them. They, they know they'll come out and feed and watch a track to work. When I'm haying, they're raising babies in that dark brown where I left it. Yep. They can still bring their babies out and feed on nice second cut grass and get a belly full. There's apple trees around in the edge of the woods here and there. And they, they get a good living here and they feel safe. And we're harboring foxes and coyotes and rabbits and got a good crop of partridges this year. Everything is all cohabitat. Everybody is getting enough to eat so they're not eating each other and 
And if something gets killed in the road or gets crippled and gets a ways, the animal is totally at right back here by the habitats of the land. They know how to be happy where they are. Well, like Diaz and I get along fine because we're both happy doing what we're doing and both helping each other do it. Yeah. So over the la- in the last, I don't know, all summer really, your partner was pretty sick and you were pretty much full-time farming and full-time caretaking. Yeah. And the other thing that neither one of us have ever got ready for, we're going to have our own farm cemetery. Which is right up on your land though, yes, right? Yeah, it's right on our border because we thought that we were going to lose her in a matter of hours and she doesn't want to be embalmed. She wants a natural setting. We have a pine boards plane to build her casket the way she wants it and just a rectangle. She don't want a wide shouldered or nothing and we have a big stone right out of the woods that we've got. So you're, you're, w- the first thing you go to is this, is a practical, I mean, one night I was here milking with you and you weren't sure she was going to make it through the night. No. And I was wondering what you were doing in the barn and what was going, what were you thinking about? Well, I, when it first started, I wished I had talked to her a lot more about it. And then when about she... What? about death and what she wanted. Did she want a gold casket or red granite casket or what she wanted? So when she got two weeks along and started to do better and was setting up and was actually in the kitchen, we did talk about it and what she wanted and she doesn't want the undertaker. She wants me to take care of the building the box and I told her we'll build it together when she gets better and she has got better. Were you were you was this a was it a hard conversation with her? Well it it only could be like a twenty minutes or half an hour and then she wanted to talk about something else. And then in two days it's over. What do you mean? They're buried in and then she's a memory instead of going and ask her some more questions or going there or did I do it right she's told me what she wants and how she wants it and you like though you like living with someone yes yeah I, I like to be close even if we go walking and walk with your hands together it's like a connection and when the, it's not relating you to a cow it's if I'm with a horse or the neighbor's goat, you take them by the neck chain and they follow you around or a cat comes along and he's following you around your legs and stuff in there. And at night I like to lay down, I lay my hand down and, and Karen lays a hand on top of it and it's a connection. You wake up and you're connected there and I sleep easy. I, I feel good when I know that she's right there. I don't like sleeping when she's gone to hospital. It's a mess. And, yep, it is. Because uh, you don't know. They may be the next ring on the telephone. They'll say that she passed. And that's disconcerting. I mean, it's really rough to wonder. Tomorrow, I'm going out in the garden. If it's good, I'm going to take her out. And if it's raining, I'm going out and get to 
little cabbages on a stem. Brussels sprouts? Brussels sprouts. I can't remember that to go to hell. And she likes Brussels sprouts. And, and you got the you put the garden to bed for her? Yes. And I got everything in. I'm going to go and get one more batch of beets and one more batch of carrots and three red cabbages. And then the Brussels sprouts. Yeah, it's, it's uh, done good. And she's been... Patient. She gets out of patience with me, but I have so many things to do, and I get to doing something. I don't get back and get it done, and then she feels like she's nagging because I ain't got it done yet, and she has to ask me again. But, no, we've got things done, and washing. Well, she told me how she wanted it and what she wanted in this load, and them little soap balls, and put them in, and where to set the dial. Oh, yeah. Were, were you thinking about... Just your own loneliness? No, I no. If I feel like I'm alone or lonely or something, I'll call somebody like you to come and visit while I'm touring, or take a day and we'll go have a meal and go look at the countryside. I, there's lots and lots of dirt roads in Vermont. I like to travel on. And I, I just feel like I think about this a lot lately. This. Now that, I mean, completely different, but my son, you know, Henry, went to college, and so it was a big change, and now I live by myself, and I just keep wondering. Yeah. Like, what's supposed to happen? Yeah. For your whole first part of your life, you're building, 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 you know, you have got to build a life and you got to make enough money and you've got to make something of yourself. And then you have kids and you raise them. And that's a really strong mission. And then the mission changes. And I'm not really sure what the mission is anymore. Maybe it's my ego, but it's also like just a state of confusion about what I'm supposed to learn now or what, what I have to give now. Mm -hmm. That's what's my role and maybe it's to be an observer now. I mean, maybe you sort of step out of the center. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's to get ready for somebody else to run it as close as you are. It's one of the things, I can't remember how it's supposed to be said, but when you pass the next guy the reins, meaning he's going to make a decision, he's going to milk a cows, he's going to say that one ain't worth keeping, it's time to mow the hay, yeah, it's dry enough, I'm going to round bale it, they got to make them decisions and make it do right. And then what's your role in it? Stay back and let them learn. And if they ask, tell them your idea. And then see how it works. I don't think that we've ever... Just sat down and done nothing. This is a good place to sit. Oh my God, yeah. It does seem like time. It's a good time for deer to be coming out. Yeah. Sort of dusky. Yeah. It's, it's supposed to cloud in, and by night tomorrow night, we'll be raining some. We do need the rain. We need some more, mostly for the brooks. The ground, I think the ground is pretty fair. And then if we get a good batch of snow, when the snow melts, we'll be ready to grow grass again. This is nature's top deck. That's where that is. And 
I don't know why anybody would want to change it. That was Forrest Foster. Forrest is always selling meat out of his barn, and sometimes he's selling maple syrup. If you need any of those things, he's up on Bridgman Hill, right outside of Hardwick. And if you go, take your kids, because he loves it when kids visit the barn. And if you have a comment, I will make sure to pass it along to him. You can find a comment box if you go to my website, rumblestripvermont.com, and then go to that show page and go to the bottom. There's a comment box, and you can write it there. And also, if you have an extra 22 seconds, if you were able to make a comment on Apple Podcasts, that would really be great because that also helps new listeners find the show. Rumblestrip is a proud member of Hub and Spoke, which is a collective of independent podcasts, people like me making shows in their, you know, bedrooms and bathrooms. This week, I want to recommend a new series from uh, the Ministry of Ideas and Zachary Davis. It's called Illuminations, and it's all about the relationship between, or sort of the augmentive relationship, the friendly relationship between religion and science. It looks at a whole range of cultures and explores the unexpected histories of how religion and science have been entangled across time. You can find it if you go to ministryofideas.org, or you can just go to hubspokeaudio.org, and you'll find all of our shows there. This is Rumble Strip, America Heilman. Thanks a lot for listening. <laughs>